Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog Hi, Anna. Hi, Andrew. Hey, everybody else. Welcome to our podcast. Scary Scary Stories Stories to to Tell tell on the pod. Pod. It's a podcast about, among other things, scary stories, stories that are scary. And urban legends. Yes. And today's a Wednesday. It is a Wednesday. Means that, yeah, you've been waiting a full calendar week. For part two. Of of Jay's Journal. Jay's Journal. Uh, And joining us again is a wonderful artist, writer, podcast producer himself, and also Anna's BF. Sorry. Jason. Jason, hey, Welcome back. Just flew in. Boy, are my arms tired. Uh, I love this city. All right. And that's the end. (laughs) That is the end. That was part two. You have to go. Bye. You have to go. So (laughs) just as a little recap, in case you haven't listened to the last one, you you just should stop listening to this one and go back and listen to the first one. Yes, you have to listen to part one. Yeah. But um, the, the short version is... Uh, uh, Jason and his high school chums way back when uh, went <laughs> they to... They were chums. Chum were... is a Mormon friend. <laughs> <laughs> went to a haunted house which they explored, which resulted in all sorts of spooky behavior including scratch marks manifesting on bodies, uh, acorns, acorns being thrown, sounds of whispering, feelings of breath on necks. Um, <laughs> and all of it is tied to what is it? An urban legend? A creepypasta? It's like a live action er, creepypasta. So an urban legend. Mm-hmm. It's not internet based because it comes from the 70s. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And um, that story is Jay's journal. That story is Jay's journal. Often discussed in the halls of uh, every high school I attended, Ooh. which was all around this area. Yeah. Yes. So Jason is from Utah, Utah. which is Mormon. Um, <laughs> Mormon. Mormon. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, so there's a story that Jay eventually killed his mother and sister and himself in a house, and that was a haunted place. Now, this week, I will be reading about the actual Jay's journal. Oh, okay. Now, when I when you first told me about it, I thought it was sort of an apocryphal, like you can't quite find it, mm-hmm. and no one really knows, or like there's a bunch of different versions floating around. Not so. <laughs> Jay's journal was a published book. Oh my God! Really? Yes. It came out in 1978, 
um, from Simon and Schuster. <laughs> oh shit! I did not realize. Oh, so is it kind of a My Name Is Alice? Remember that it, book? Go oh. Ask Alice. Go Ask Alice. Yes, yeah. because it was written by anonymous, but eventually it came out that the editor was Beatrice Sparks. <gasps> Also the editor slash author of Go Ask Alice. Oh, interesting, Beatrice. Yes. So um, I will now read from Wikipedia. Um, Jay's (laughs) Journal is a book presented as an autobiographical account of a depressed teenage boy who becomes involved with a satanic group. After participating in several occult rituals, Jay believes he is being haunted by a demon named Raoul. And I already said this last time, but the book is based on true events of 16-year-old Alden Barrett, who is a real person. Oh. From Pleasant Grove, Utah, who did kill himself in 1971. Okay, so there's parts of us that are that are sad that we shouldn't um, make fun of, make fun of, or talk about, or think about, yeah. or even know. But <laughs> um, okay, so within the city of Pleasant Grove, which is where Jason. That was, that was partially where I grew up. Those where my dad lived in a lot of my formative years. Part gotcha. of where you were reared. Just one town over from the town that I. Also, just to paint the scene, like in. this is a part of Utah where literally every three blocks is a church. Yes. And there's some churches that are across the street from each other. Yes. Wow. And I saw all of this. I saw all of it. We were just there. Um, also, I didn't know this. Andrew, did you know the top of a Mormon church doesn't have a cross on it? It's just a point. I didn't know because that. Because they don't talk as much about Christ's death. They just talk about his life. And they're like, oh. they like to honor it. his life more than they want to like remember his death. Yeah. I guess then the, remembering the Mormon spaceship that we would see when we were Yes, I told trips. him about Mormon spaceship. Whenever <laughs> yeah, we would drive like down the image to of the temple. It. Yeah. yeah it's like um, very kind of Emerald City. Yes. yes. Yeah. 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 Um, which we did go to the main temple and it was. Did. Temple Square. Gigantic. It looks beautiful. enormous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about. I first, well, it looks it, it it is um Gaudy. light up. It light up. <laughs> it's li- it's it light up. It's very well lit. Jason yeah. and I had dinner at the Roof, which is a buffet based fancy restaurant. Yes, mm-hmm. I love a that, buffet based fancy oh, restaurant. Oh so my good. god! It wow. overlooks the temple, and we're mm-hmm. sitting next to some sort of athlete, athlete, and his athlete girlfriend. Wow. I don't it know. Was, it was very it was exciting. Tiger Woods. People were buzz. There's um, one. There's totally one thing I forgot to mention on the last episode. Um, what? The house ended up getting burned down. <gasps> Uh, and not it was on accident. Not on oh. accident. It looked like on purpose by the city. I watched it from the roof of the movie theater that I worked at right next door. Oh my god! I saw them burn down the house. I am. It's so fascinating to try to rearrange in my head what is going on in this town based on the uh, buildings you've talked about yes. and what what has a view of what. <laughs> yeah. So the movie theater that's right next door to the house just overlooks the house, and I would I was I a projectionist, see. so oftentimes I would hang out on the roof. Oh my god, you were a cool teen. Yeah, <laughs> he was a cool teen. Um, wow. And yeah, I, I went on the roof one day and saw that uh, the city had fenced off that property and the house was being burned down. Wow. So that felt like validation for my creepy experience. Yeah. Very. So a uh, quick question in connection. Is this the house? Is that was ha- what we thought. That was that was I the thought it was the, house of Alden. Yes. That yeah. was the like supposed like sort of lore around this house is that this was Jay's house. I don't think gotcha. anyone like looked into it deep enough to know who the kid was. We also talked to him as Jay, talked about him as Jay. Uh, but everyone, and that's why we went there is we're like, oh, that's the house from Jay's journal. Like mm. that's where he like killed his mom and sister or whatever. <gasps> so, okay. uh, from Wikipedia within the city of Pleasant Grove, Jay's journal has been the source of many urban legends, including alleged locations where Jay performed actions described in the book, his home, the effect on his family after his death and other rumors. So there's a couple different places that it's, I see. uh, yeah. Now I will read from the book Jay's journal. Ooh. <gasps> okay. 
by Anonymous. Mm. Dedicated to every kid who might need to do some soul searching in his or her own life to ask himself or herself, can I handle things if I continue to pursue my present course? <laughs> Introduction. <laughs> At 7 a.m., January 3rd, 1978, a very distressed mother phoned. She said she, this is the introduction, this isn't Jay. Okay. Um, so the editor, Beatrice Sparks, says that she mm -hmm. got a call um, from a woman. Uh, uh, the lady said her son, Jay, had kept a journal, a seminary book, which is like religious yeah. ed. Yeah, sort so of. seminary is like a basically an attached building to every high school in Utah that is like specifically for Mormon church studies. I see, yes. Um, yeah. Um, and so they had little notebooks and stuff and many papers and letters, which she felt could also be benefit to both kids and parents looking for answers and ways out. Jay, 16 and a half years old, had been into witchcraft, <laughs> <laughs> how deeply neither his mother nor his father had ever suspected until after Jay put his father's pistol against his right temple and pulled the trigger. Uh, as Jay's mother and I plowed through the many containers of favorite footballs, basketballs, <laughs> too many tennis rackets, trophies, diplomas, awards, letters, notes, books, etc., that she had not been able to part with, she remained calm and helpful. Your favorite footballs, multiple? <laughs> These are my favorite footballs, mom. <laughs> that sounds like a kid who's really bad at lying, just trying to like you know get rid of his mom's like suspicion or whatever like no 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 yeah. look, all Here these all footballs, footballs i love these yeah it's these are also, my favorites it, it screams to me that like too many aunts and uncles are not cross-checking what they're getting him for yeah. christmas <laughs> also this like if you have a box for your favorite footballs that means you have another box called regular footballs <laughs> and then least favorite football <laughs> least favorite footballs bad footballs <laughs> those are the ones he's stabbing yeah um, oh. okay so she she keeps it together until she finds his jacket and then she's looking at all the details of it okay um, from the corner of the lining, she patiently pulled out a half-eaten linty M&M. No. And holding it as reverently as though it were the sacrament, she whispered almost to herself, Jay always thought he could handle every anything, everything. Except for an entire M&M. What do you mean? <laughs> she couldn't finish one M&M? Ma'am? Ma'am. I don't... I, I'm actually just having a hard time... This is a, this is not a great editor. Like no. I'm having a hard time even visualizing what's going on. She takes out a, pe a an M M&M from her pocket from the her his jacket's pocket. Okay, from his jacket's pocket, he thought he could handle anything except an entire M&M. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a warning sign for <laughs> me. If you're like, it. if you're like, I have one M M&M left. This is how you know. This is for me the first hole in the story. <laughs> It's also like, I, I feel like it was probably just one of those M&Ms that's broken. And so because it's broken, you don't eat it. Right. Then why not what? toss it? No, those are the best. You eat those. Why put it in your Oof. box? Unless it's like an errant M&M that fell out of the bag mm. in his pocket. But I don't know why that would have weight in the way that it's that she's putting she's weight like on. She's like grasping at the weirdest straws. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my God. Okay. So, um, so she interviewed many of his friends and teachers. Uh, as a whole, they said he was a, quote, mostly just like everybody else, end quote, boy. <laughs> Three kids who had been into the occult with him seemed more skittish. As long as we were talking about school, dating, family, drugs, mm. hobbies, or sports, they were relaxed and friendly. <laughs> yeah. But when I tried oh, yeah, to question yeah. them about witchcraft, they changed, became frightened, secretive, withdrawn. So this this book came out in the late 70s. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of the onset of like the Satanist panic in America. Yes, Satanic the whole panic D &D is will starting to kids. happen. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why did I, I not will say also Satanic now panic? say that um, at the time of this book, um, Beatrice Sparks was in her early fifties and like a Mormon oh. therapist and educator. So mm -hmm. these boys were skittish, 
talking about the occult with right. this woman. With a 50-year-old Mormon woman. Also, maybe it's skittish. Maybe it's like, why is this woman talking about the devil? Yeah. Well, and that's what I think what is peculiar to me about the satanic panic in particular is like the correlation between Satanism and witchcraft, which are like very different things, mm-hmm. right? Like um, Satanism yeah. is like a atheistic movement that is about like undoing – Damn. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's like a do whatever you want. I, Jason also coincidentally works on um, the chilling adventures of Sabrina, a show where the devil has a BD Wong sized part. <laughs> and it's just in every other episode. <laughs> That's a great way to describe that it. He's a series is, regular. Uh, I'm looking for a BD Wong sized part. Wow. I did not even put that together, Jason. What a turn. Oh, oh yeah. Um, there was a creepy, maybe at some point I'll tell you maybe some time later on this episode, the thing that happened on my first day on that show that made me think maybe Mormon God was trying to, um, tell me something. Bring you back. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it's, I, I definitely had this too. I, I had like a, a pretty positive relationship to Catholicism growing mm-hmm. up. Like I did not have, um, a lot of the negative experience that I very much understand and believe that many people had. Yeah. Uh, but I did like truly the week after I started uh, the week after I like came out and was like, I'm going to start dating men. Mm-hmm. Um, I got this thing called prostatitis, which is not like That's a sexually right. transmitted thing, but just what happened one morning I woke up and I, I uh, used the bathroom and I peed blood and I was like, well, that was fast. God's like, in my pee. <laughs> that was pretty quick. Huh? Um, but yeah, mine was sense. like it's 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 so funny how that all happened like the timing because I the first day on Sabrina I got there was like a jack in the box right across the street from um from our office and like right before swinging in I was running I wasn't running late but I was like wasn't able to have breakfast before I went in so I stopped at this jack in the box get an egg sandwich and for some reason after I pulled in the parking lot I pulled open the egg sandwich the entire yolk was black <gasps> all the way through black all the way through. <laughs> Not like burnt on the surface, just a black yolk in this egg sandwich. In case you... <laughs> That's a plot device in the show, right? That like oh, they break an egg and it's black on side? I think it was bloody. God. It was bloody. Bloody in the oh. show. Yeah. Jason, the reaction to you saying that was <laughs> was producer Adam, Anna, and I both like reared up and our, and our eyes went completely wide. It truly, wow. I considered just actually like calling my producer five minutes before I was supposed to start and just being like, actually, I don't think I'm going to work on this. Jack in the box, a black yolk. Didn't you they got it? it. You, well, you did order the egg McMaster of darkness. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sorry, that's the best I could do. No, There's not a lot of devil worms. Dir- devil it. words with devil worms. <laughs> devil worms. Um, There's devil anyway. worms. <laughs> <laughs> but sorry, sorry. Um, Go ahead. But okay, uh, through bits and pieces, I gathered that they were these teens. This the sh- the secret of teens. Mm-hmm. They're being secret. They love to tell her like, "Oh yeah, I put coke in my dick." But then when she's like, "What about the devil?" They're like, "Well, I don't know, miss. Uh, hi, look over there. Uh, can I go to the bathroom?" <laughs> through bits and pieces, I gathered that they were under some strange kind of sacrifice my own life or have it taken from me type of programming. Oh, you know. You that under, sort of program. The sort of thing you can pick up on from teen boys. <laughs> Who not, are so forthcoming and emotionally, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, not that available. they were never taught to like talk to people. Um, <laughs> oh my God. They sincerely seem to fear that I could bring harm to myself or my own kids Whoa. if more information were divulged to me. No, how do you intuit that? Yeah, ma'am. <laughs> this, ma'am, this is 
a ma'am. <laughs> I I never had any idea that um, Go Ask Alice was written by a Mormon woman in her 50s. Oh, it makes a lot of sense. So, yeah. well, it was edited by. She says that it was edited. She was given journals from the parents. Okay. Um, uh, they're obvious and abject terror was contagiously and hauntingly real. I wanted out and I wasn't even in. Um, oh Jay's mother's voice returns. Jay always thought he could handle anything, everything. That dirge, much more repeated than most people imagine, mixes with the lonely cry of every frightened little girl I ever worked with or talked to who found herself pregnant. I didn't think it could happen to me. The voice of every kid hooked on drugs, alcohol, or the occult joins the sad oh chorus. Boy. Not me. I didn't think it could happen to me. All caps. I was sure I could handle it. <laughs> Beatrice Sparks. Beatrice. Oh. B. June 2nd. Oh, sorry, July 2nd. For two weeks now, my Sunday school teacher and my scoutmaster and everybody else have been on my ass to keep a journal. It's the biggie now. Oh, my God. <laughs> the new everybody's got to do it thing. If anything ever sounded like a 50-year-old Mormon woman writing as a teenage boy. Wait, I also have a They're question. They're all saying it's the biggie. It's <laughs> the biggie now. It's also where it's like it's from the 70s, so you can't quite tell. Like, I know. Yeah. But, Johnny O. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, the old man is always moaning about how he works his tail off for us and how dot, dot, dot. Oh, Judas, this isn't what you're supposed to put in a journal. You're supposed to put only good things that your kids and grandkids and all of posterity can read. Man, I don't want any kids if they're going to turn out, burn out, anything like me. Sad, rebellious, angry, searching, searching, searching. And for what? That to me feels real. Yeah, that that I, I definitely made attempts to write self-serious journals in my adolescence. Yeah, so that's that gives you an idea of the pros. Um, and then he does some he does some poems like... Um, uh, he wanted in. I wanted out. He had a smile. I had a pout. I need someone to understand. God, how I need a helping hand. And that's where Raul came. <laughs> and that's where Raul came. It's so funny to think of a demon being named Raul. You know, we think of them being like Pazuzu, Azizi, you know, like. And in, <laughs> Azizi, I'm sorry. No, no, never mind. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, this is, but but Raul. Oh, my God. Kind of yeah. a sexy demon. There's a lot of demons in my show, and none of them are named Raul or anything close. It is all like Beelzebub and person and, I, and I, Asmodeus. I have to admit, I, I love Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Uh. I think the first episode, I, I was kind of like, this is, I'm in a lot deeper than I thought I was <laughs> with this. It's so scary. Yeah. There's ghosties. Also, I completely forgot, Jason reminded me. The Yule Lads are on an entire episode oh, of Sabrina. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. They just said Grilla differently. Yeah, we say in our show, we call her Gryla. Gryla, that's I like right. That better. And yeah, Gryla, it seems like a single mom in this story. In yes. Your, in your version. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. and now I gotta watch that's okay. Single mom with a bunch of kids. <laughs> I love that. Oh, man. Um, okay, so later on, he. Wait, do Mormon kids say Judas instead of Jesus? Hell no. Okay. <laughs> No, I don't think a single oh, person alive has ever been like, oh, Judas. I think he that's her trying to be like, oh, he's a Satanist. He, yeah. he, he, he says Judas. Judas I know. Yeah. Jesus. Which is also a thing that we would do in our damn show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm just like, we reverse a lot of like verbiage to be like, you know, oh, um, inst- like, like instead of, uh, uh, no, I can't think of anything. <laughs> it's like a lot of like reversal oh, of like it's a lot Catholicism. Of, like, um, the anti-pope. Uh, get the heaven out of here. Get the heaven out of here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That's stuff like um, that. Yeah. Fun, fun. Your dark godmother instead mm-hmm. of. Your dark godmother. They did that instead of devil mother, which I do think is surprising restraint. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, wow. Okay. But so this is from later on. Um, so he has a girlfriend named Debbie who's hooked on drugs. Um, yep. <laughs> 
So you you tell me if this sounds like a teen. Mm-hmm. When Debbie begs me to get her some uppies or downies, I have to. <laughs> anyway, I can. The only way I can. I'm hooked on her. I'm really, truly, in the worst way, I'm hooked on her. <sighs> Debbie and Brad and Dell and I are studying about Hare Krishna and Zen and stuff. <laughs> We've got to find something that will help, Deb. What a teen. Brad and Dell are such special buddies. Uh, this makes me think a lot of when I, I worked for a multi, multi-millionaire, perhaps billionaire for a long time in New York, and um, she loved to write plays and musicals about mm. what she thought it must be like to be poor. <laughs> and um, yeah. there were a lot of um, lines that were like, if only I'd worked harder, like a lot of things like, yeah, oh yeah, stuff, very that, poor, libertarian. stuff that poor people think all the time, like... Um, like, oh, geez, I'm oh going to have God. to sell my couch to pay for my eyes. Like, this is like every <laughs> nothing. made, And there was no telling her like, yeah, I did, it, it's not quite that um, like Dickensian. Um, oh, my God. It's a little more complicated and nuanced. <laughs> Although if you ever had to if you ever had to sell your couch to pay for your eyes, like, let me know. Please yeah. email us. us. Um. So, yeah. So this is sort of the deal. And then he talks a little bit about drugs and just like sort of teen angst. Okay, so that's the parts of the journal. Now we will read about the beak. Um, uh, so this came after Go Ask Alice and okay. Go Ask Alice was attributed to Anonymous also, which was also presented as being the real diary of an unnamed teen uh, who at 15 developed a drug addiction and then ran away and sort of became a prostitute and like accidentally drank LSD at a party and then <laughs> did drug like heroin and became prostitute and perfect you yeah, understand that was, the, that was the hot book to read in eighth grade yeah and it was like also showed up on banned books it's like oh, a, yeah. it's like one of those books that like weirdly was given to adults to kids as like you have to learn but then also was a banned book because it has like a lot of sex and stuff right. in it Prostitution. um yes um so initially when it came out uh let's see it came out in 1971 um and Beatrice Sparks put out like a whole like dozens of books that also had the same claim of like based on a real teens journal. Um, and oh, Lady Bird, I know. <laughs> I gotta go. No. Um, but so it was presented as anonymous. And then eventually it said edited by Beatrice Sparks. And then it said author Beatrice Sparks when this book became incredibly popular. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, so she was a Mormon therapist and youth counselor. Um, and so the, the claim that it was based on a real diary was never substantiated. And she said that it was kept in a locked vault at her editor's office for safekeeping and that she met this girl at a youth book fair um, who was sitting and said, I just want other teens to care about this. Um, And it's like, she goes all over the country and does drugs and all this stuff. And then she opens a jewelry store in San Francisco that is very successful and financially holding water. (laughs) Oh boy. And then she gives that up to go back and be a teen again. The last entry she says, uh, I, I, you know what? I'm done talking to a diary. I want to go talk to other people. And then there's an epilogue that says that three weeks later she found was found dead with a needle in her arm, basically. Oh, oh, <laughs> um, God. And spoiler alert, it is all fake or unclear. So the, the issue with Go Ask Alice uh, is that either it was fictionalized completely um, and there was another co-author who did other YA writing or it was fictionalized enough so that they wouldn't get sued by this girl's parents. Oh, <laughs> 
Um, so initially they said it was an extraordinary work, superior work and document of horrifying reality that possesses literary quality. Um, but apparently part of the reason they said it was anonymous and based it on a real teen journal is because the writing was not considered good <laughs> and they didn't want to get criticism. Oh. So they attributed it to that of a teen who offed herself so that wow. no one would criticize the prose. What an industry we live. I know. Um, so, but it's very heavy handed, melodramatic and the, the, um, vocabulary is too, uh, intense for a child. Um, let's see. Oh my God. Okay. This is great. Um, urban folklore expert Barbara Mickelson of Snopes.com has written that even before the authorship revelations, ample evidence indicated that Go Ask Alice was not an actual diary. According to Mickelson, the writing style and content, including a lengthy description of an LSD trip, but re relatively little about the loss of the one true love, school, gossip, or ordinary chit chat, seems uncharacteristic, uncharacteristic of a teenage girl's diary. Ladybird. <laughs> Ladybird. What's your diary? Stories of intrigue <laughs> concerning publishing really get Lady Bird's goat. They really do get her goat. Um, um, but she's, she scratched her face. Oh, yes. I thought putting her on my lap was going to make her quieter, but no, it did not. It was all the same. <laughs> so there was similar controversy regarding the second diary project, Jay's Journal. It was allegedly a real diary edited by Sparks of a teenage boy who committed suicide after becoming involved with the occult. Um Later, the family of real-life teenage suicide victim Alden Barrett contended that Jay's journal used 21 entries from Barrett's real diary mm -hmm. that the family had given to Sparks, but the other 191 entries in the published book had been fictionalized or fabricated by Sparks, and that Barrett had not been involved with the occult or devil worship <laughs> at all. Oh. Um, he had, like, so done... He had, like, smoked pot one time, and then she just put all this other stuff of like, this is what caused it. What well, else he, is hot? The, the did, devil. Um, he did do drugs. So um, uh, according to a book bit written by Barrett's brother, Scott, A Place in the Sun, The Truth Behind Jay's Journal, which is no longer in print. Mm. Um, the other, all yeah, all those entries were fictional. Um, and then they made a rock opera called A Place in the Sun, <laughs> which was created and performed by Utah County band Grain in 1997. Grain. Yes. Um, yeah, that used. Which they said, the family said was very good. <laughs> So the mother reached out with the journal and then Beatrice uh, made up all this shit about uh, just that he was depressed and she wanted it to be like, let's teach teens about depression and like the dangers of drugs and alcohol, which can contribute to uh, bad behavior with teens because their brains are still soupy. Mm, more of a symptom than a cause usually. Yes. Yes. Wow. Completely. It's so demystifying how not Satan-y any of this is. Yeah. <laughs> Um, um, but then his grave has become a target for um, satanic rituals because now oh. people say that um, he was a Satanist and his grave was defaced. Oh, man. Which is very sad. That is sad. I think everyone, I, I don't know, I don't know. The, the, the mania over Satanism and the fear of it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe truly I will say this and then the lightning will strike me dead. Um, <laughs> but it just feels like it all comes from such a place of willful lack of any sort of understanding about teenagers. Yes. <laughs> like they just, don't, they're not good at following rules. Right. And, and they want to, I mean, it's like as a teenager, like what you want is to kind of like shock and, mm. and thrill adults and authority figures. And like the easiest way to do that is to be like, I'm into the devil. Like it just is such a, when it's also, it's like a favorite thing to blame. It's like when parents don't, 
talk to their kids and then their kids become like you know problematic and like have issues then they like to blame the devil rather than like oh maybe i don't know my son (laughs) right right maybe we should have more conversations yeah (laughs) did you guys ever do any satanic things no it's still it still is like a um again it's that it's the catholic programming where i'm like "Mm, no i I can't do it yeah i don't think i did i think i drew some pentagrams sometimes just on a a notebook and then i think i got scared and like erased it burned it it. but never burned it but i i think the closest i got was the episode of are you afraid of the dark called the quicksilver where you draw a cue on the wall and then the the ghost or like scares me so much yeah i drew a cue on the wall and showed leanna boucheri it was like look it's a quicksilver and then she got so scared that her mom had to come pick her (laughs) (laughs) oh Um, my god so i guess i'm a satanist (laughs) see i was always even afraid to do do like the bloody mary thing in like the mirror oh we have a whole we've covered this scary as hell i can't do that yeah i think um i just i try best i can not to tempt fate i I um my niece and nephew when they were little used to see ghosts uh or or at least have the most like amazing mm-hmm. uh, uh ability to create cohesive narratives <laughs> oh um, my god uh which <laughs> which either way is great um <laughs> but uh but I then got self-conscious cuz I would like go to events and tell scary stories about my niece's nephew seeing ghosts mm. and then I would have to go back to my brother and my sister-in-law's house and like sleep there and I was like oh god the mm. ghosts know <laughs> and they're going to come get me because they know I'm like trying to profit off telling these ghost stories yeah. which actually led to me telling them yet less <laughs> yeah that's um, good um but anyway so the the end of the story is that uh well it was eventually published as anonymous and like as a true story of a real teen diary eventually it was reclassified as fiction and mm. the author was credited as Beatrice Sparks, that was sort of the tell is that as the books got more popular, she had more, she like wanted more claim. And ultimately, uh, although Sparks presented herself as merely the discoverer and editor of the diaries, records at the U.S. Copyright Office show that in fact, she is listed as the sole author (gasps) for all but two of them. Oh, sneaky Beatrice. that's just something to think about. And she did pass away. In 2012, I think. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, but she was, uh, yeah. That was, that was her. That was sort of her corner of the world. <laughs> yeah. Teens I, who got in over their head. But would you like to hear some of the um, the titles of these books? I would love nothing more. Go ask Alice J's journal, of course. It happened to Nancy. <laughs> Almost <laughs> lost the true story of an anonymous teenager's life on the streets. Annie's baby. The Diary of an Anonymous, a Pregnant Teenager. <laughs> Treacherous Love, The Diary of an Anonymous Teenager. Kim, Empty Inside, The Diary of an Anonymous Teenager. Oh. Finding Katie, The Life of Anonymous, a Teenager in Foster Care. Letting Anna Go, oh. Lucy in the Sky, <laughs> The Book of David, Calling Maggie May. Um, There's so many of these. There's yeah. so fucking many. How many of these can you publish before people are like, Hey, are you making this up? Like, you can't keep doing. Yeah, so like that a- was the thing is that it started to like once the controversy with Go Ask Alice happened, people yeah. started like it just. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's just it like filled with water too much wow. and fell over. It's crazy <sighs> that she just thought though that like yeah, I can just keep be like I can be the Stephen King and prolif- like of just constantly publishing these like I teenage know. journals and no one will think that I'm making it up. Yeah. So. It- 
she claimed that she wanted to help teens and that's why she kept doing it. Right. And that like teens really respond like if it's anonymous, they like they see themselves more in the story Mm. if it's anonymous. I will say I did read. I mean, I don't think I would have been a kid who, who I'm just I was so risk averse as a as a young teen that I was never going to be like taking hard drugs. But I do remember reading Go Ask Alice and being like, mm. you read it. Yeah. Wow. And I remember Ugh. being like, I better. Boy, now I'm really not going to do it. But it I was, I wasn't going to do it anyway. That would have fucked me up pretty bad. Yeah, I know. I was the same way. I didn't want drugs. Um, Anna, this is very spooky, but also just spooky in. In relationship to like a supernatural spooky story that Jason told last week, <laughs> this is spooky just in terms of adults' ability to um, take the problem of like teen angst and turn it into a non-existent problem that also makes them money. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> correct. Um, so, I'm, Jason, I'm not saying that your scary story didn't happen, hey. but I am saying that Jay. Uh, yeah, well, and, and we did later find, like, someone later told us that, like, the house that we thought was Jay's was, like, not the house of, like, the kid from Jay's journal. Yeah. So, you know, it's that almost, makes sense. It's almost not important to me. Like, the lore yeah. around things I find so much more fascinating. It's, it's like, more fun to have that feeling than to learn, like, the actual facts of a place. Yeah. I mean, it's like yeah. the, the story about the chain ghost, the strangling ghost. Yes. Like, it's like, that's just fun. If you just told me that, but then it's like, once we start looking into the reality of it, it's like, this. of course this didn't really happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, the it's telling about what happened with the story, and then the people in the story both died. Right. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. well, then how do we know? And then someone being like, no, it's real, and I have proof. And then someone being like, okay, great, can I have a phone interview with you? And then they're, they just disappear. Off they the just don't talk back. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> I, I also think, like, it's scary to not be able to control teens like there's a, a limit to what you can do and the biggest scare of all is uh getting in over your head boy hey. ain't it um he thought oh, he could do anything everything wow it's our this is our first two-part episode and jason yeah. thank you so much for being of here course. for part of it Absolutely. thank you for being our um primary source <laughs> um can i do a last little closeout segment of a, a reader submitted story yes Ooh. this is a short one um but we have this backlog we're getting to them now we're Can't getting wait. to them we'll do this instead of the scary ideas yes okay uh this is from at the dirty blonde on instagram Okay, this isn't my story, but a bartender told this to me late late one night at a Mexican restaurant. <gasps> Scary. It's terrible. I might get some facts wrong because I really tried to forget the story. Okay. So, they had just gotten an apartment somewhere in New York City. And sometime before, let's say a week, an attack happened across the, across the apartment where something happened. Like, this one guy was trying to get another guy, but it ended up with people being burned alive in an elevator. Awful. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it does sound terrible, but I, I love the person the person writing this has such a clear um, character voice, which I love. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Awful. Terrible. So this guy moves into a building across the street and has people over. Oh, and has people over to break it in. Oh, I, it's funny. I thought he had people over to break into his apartment, which I thought was weird. Okay. <laughs> Towards the end of the night, these guys start playing songs like We Didn't Start the Fire, St. Elmo's Fire, Hot in Here, in parentheses, <gasps> fucking straight men. Sorry, Jason. Hey, I get it. Okay. Sorry, Adam. At this point, I looked at him and said, oh, something's going to get you, bitch. He tells me that one or two nights later, he woke up sweating and an intense red light was coming into his window. <gasps> what? Uh, contagious Return. horror. Red light demon. 
and he immediately thought of hell. Then he looked around and saw an older lady staring at him with a stern, angry look. No. And then it was all gone. At this point, I don't remember what happened because my entire body shut down. But later, he looked up the victims of the fire and saw that woman's picture. No. That could that did happen. That did happen. <laughs> Don't look into it. It happened. Um, at the Dirty Blonde, thank you so much for that oh very spooky God, what story. A good short story. Whoa. That is really good. I love uh, this. Is why I love urban legends and scary stories. Where it's like I heard this from a friend who this happened to him, and I was late at like late at a Mexican restaurant. And the bartender told me the story. I love that. I the love best. that. That's mm-hmm. literally a third hand scary story. Is my bread and butter. Uh, man. <laughs> That's our bread and butter. That is our bread and butter. It's very good. Uh, so yes, submit your stories if it's a shorter one. You can submit it on Instagram uh, or Twitter uh, at scary story underscore pod. Yes. Um, or you can email it to us at scary story pod at gmail.com. And if you like it, tell a friend. Tell a friend, tell a couple friends, tell a journalist. Uh, you know, <laughs> tell, tell the mob. Yeah. And gosh, we just, we love, we love a friendly review. We've gotten, I think we're like maybe four or five one star reviews in. Um, oh, at least. Yeah. So like anything to counteract that we'd really love. We don't take it personally. The one stars, most of them are about us being too political or thinking too <laughs> thinking many people are gay. Thinking too many people are gay, which I can't think about, but I guess it's every episode. Um, oh, can I, oh yeah, please. Can I just say as a listener of this podcast, uh, uh, if anyone listening does have other stories about this house in Pleasant Grove, I would really love Please. for them to send them in. Yes. Oh, anyone, I've never talked to anyone else anyone who, had, who went there. From or near who has connections to Pleasant yeah. Grove. We it's do have house. some Utah we do have some Utah listeners. Perfect. Yeah. If if you know the house, it's behind some train tracks on State Street in Pleasant Grove next to the movie theater. You probably ashes. remember. Oh my god. Ashes. I can't wait. I bet we're gonna get some. I hope oh so. Oh my god, I hope so too. That's really exciting. Um, Jason, do you have anything you want to plug? Please. Um yeah, listen to Disaster Girls. It's uh, one of the podcasts I currently produce, um, hosted by Jordan Cruciola from Vulture and comedian Anna Smith, who's a um, geology expert. Uh, oh, they talk about uh, uh, disaster movies of all various different levels, like the big ones like Volcano and then like all these like sci-fi original movies. Oh my but God. But talk about it, like take the movie on its own terms and kind of like analyze its own sort From of reality. That's the yeah. best idea I've critic. ever yeah. heard of. It's okay, so I'm listening smart. to that immediately. It's okay. a really good. It's a very fun podcast. They're very good hosts. Um, I... I I, 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 I tap in a little bit here and there, but it's it's all based on them that the show is good. Um, oh, uh, but it's a fun Girls. one. Disaster right. Girls, yeah. Uh, that's that's the big plug right oh, now. Oh, and any um, Instagram or Twitter handle we can uh, follow you at? Yeah, I'm at Jason Halftones on anything. Uh, my Instagram has like mini comics and illustrations and pictures of myself and Anna now. Uh, yeah, it's really yeah, good. It's oh, thanks. There's a picture of us looking like demons outside of uh, the <laughs> temple in Salt Lake. That's very good. That's on yours. Oh, That's on mine. Wow. Well, what <laughs> treat having you here jason thank, oh, you, thank so you so much thanks babe thank you for listening <laughs> listeners um and you've made it through our two-part episode so there's one thing left to do get, get out. out forever dog this has been a forever dog production executive produced by dog. brett boehm joe cilio and alex ramsey for more original dog. podcasts please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.